brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. Another world. Another time. In the age of wonder. There was once a dream. You could only whisper it. Anything more than a whisper, and it would vanish. A battle between good and evil. You don't know the power of the dark side. Or shall I find a new adversary so close to my own level? Try the local sewer. You know of the rebellion against the Empire? The Avengers. Earth's mightiest heroes. Peace means having a bigger stick than the other guy. One of these days, I'm going to have a stick of my own. I'm Groot. Welcome to the Neverland Podcast. The podcast for lovers of Disney, Pixar, Marvel, and Star Wars. I'm glad you're here to tell us these things. Please welcome your host, Jeremy. I thought he'd be taller. Yeah, I can fly. All it takes is faith and trust. Well, if it isn't the Star Spangled Man with a plan, what is your plan today? Up to Neverland! All right, take your pixie out of your pockets. Spread some of that pixie dust around one last time in 2018. As you see, for those of you who are watching the video on YouTube, Eric has sprinkled. For those of you only getting the audio, you have options. If you if you want more than audio in your car to listen to for however many hours this takes, you can watch <laughs> it on YouTube. We tried to live stream it. It didn't work. YouTube is not working. But we are here. Of course, your head lost boy, the spider pan, Jeremy, is here. Y'all already heard lost man, Eric is here. We're here to do your 2018 year review. And also returning with us. Is Amy from Disney? Is it Disney Inspires or Disney Inspired? Um, it depends on where you're at. Yeah, I see you're all confusing me because you keep changing it. Uh, yeah, we have had some trouble getting things to line up between social media, so that's Jeff's thing. I let him handle. So now it's Inspires a day. And we ranked somewhere in the middle, I guess, of the of the top Disney podcast because we were we weren't going to get close to the top. Your top person was Lou Mangiello. We weren't going to get anywhere near that. Yeah, yeah. We're so. we worked on some criteria today for next year. So at least I know some people voted for us. <laughs> Probably not enough. Well, it's Lou. Yeah. It's Lou. Lou's just the biggest thing going, and he should probably have his own show on the Travel Channel anyway. <clears throat> Ooh, sorry, Sprite kind of choked the wrong throat. <clears> throat. Sorry. Talk amongst yourselves. I'll give you a topic. <laughs> Bumblebee was a good movie, apparently. <laughs> Actually, it was quite good. It really surprised me. It uh, takes quite a few hints from uh, the Iron Giant, of all things. Really? But, uh, you know, I'll tell you, when they played You Got the Touch. Oh. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> now, I've suspected that they only spend like five minutes on Cybertron. just And just to tease us in the teaser, they showed it to us. Or I did they actually get a little bit more? I think you're overestimating the amount of time spent on Cybertron. <laughs> 30 seconds you get to see the classic generation. 
Yes. See, and that but, was the buildups. But you get the classic generation sound wave. Get the classic generation star scream. You get, and I'm suddenly blinking out. You get Frank Welker. Awesome. And Amy's just like I have Transformers, or whatever. And I wasn't <laughs> playing with that when I was a kid. <laughs> But yeah, it, it's a good story. It, it uh, basically is the backstory for how uh, Bumblebee ended up on Earth and you know what he was waiting for and what he was supposed to be doing leading up to the events of the first Transformers movie. Which they'd be better off if they just didn't connect it with that first Transformers movie and just started over anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It'd be nice if they could just uh, start from square one. But for someone who hasn't seen Last Night... I thought it was really good. I yeah, really I don't think I'm it. going to see last night either. <laughs> and Bumblebee started looking like, you know, this looks like it might be good. I just don't want to be disappointed again. So I've been almost afraid to go. But uh, yeah, it, go. it's really good. I mean, yeah, it's got that level of uh, Michael Bay bombacity to it. Hmm. Um, you know, he's still a producer on it. But, uh, you know, you've got John Cena in it. Uh, as uh, as a member of the military, or actually Sector Seven, uh, and uh, you know it's it's a it's a good performance all around. It's uh, you know enjoyable. It's uh, hits all of the '80s feels in the right places, and uh, it's just a good movie. Well, we'll see. In New Year's weekend, I might go and check it out myself. Right. But uh, we've got an entire year of news to go through, which I had meant. And I think I even said this last year. I had a, a, a sheet I started and I had it marked out for every month. And when a big thing happened, I was going to add it to this list. And somehow or another, somewhere, I think around February, I forgot about it because I got caught up. You know, I was trying to finish it up school and everything. And. So we really spent some time today adding everything I could think of. <laughs> but I'm kind of glad that kind of got limited because we could be here for three or four hours when, 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 when podcasts try to do this. So I think keeping it limited a little bit is probably going to do uh, some good for us. I agree. The, the first thing I had, and I'm hoping some of these articles are still up here, but yes, they are. Liberty Square Riverboat was closing for six months refurbishment. Uh, and this actually started January 8th and we went on through July 19th and they plan to reopen it on July 20th. Now, I don't know exactly what all they did for this refurbishment. Uh, I don't, has anyone been over to this would have been Liberty Square? So this is a Magic Kingdom Walt Disney World. Uh, anybody seen it since July? My parents, probably. <laughs> <laughs> and I was there in April, so it was still uh, I was out of luck. Yeah. Well, they probably just, you know, a new coat of paint and some repairs. I don't know if they maybe did any major changes because we didn't really hear anything big about it. Um, but the Circle of Life Land Pavilion was also set to close back in January. Uh, I think this was, oh, no, this was a permanent closing early February 2018. Uh, now, they were going to build some sort of a new uh, Circle of Life at Epcot's Land Pavilion. Uh, oh, so this was what it was. So this was in Epcot. They had a Circle mm -hmm. of Life thing. And so this actually it was something that was had a, deb, a film that debuted in January 21st in 1995. It was a 20 minute movie. And so they just shut it off. And Disney Performing Arts Youth Program was supposed to be using the space for classes and, and stuff like that. Uh, I have not heard anything has happened since then. I haven't heard of anything either. In fact, I was looking at a list of uh, 
things that have been lost from Walt Disney World over the last year, and this was the first one on the list. Um, I would not be surprised if they came back with uh, something related to the new Lion King movie coming out in 2019. Um, That's possible. Because there, there's a lot of uh, revisions going on to different Lion King-related uh, attractions at Walt Disney World, uh, like uh, Rafiki's Planet Watch closed uh, a few months ago. But we mm. heard that they're working on reopening that. So I, I don't know. I think there's a lot of stuff here that's just going to be tied up with the new Lion King movie. It could be. Maybe that's what they're doing is they're going to fix up something new. I uh, guess I don't know what else they would do with that area because uh, we know there's some Guardians of the Galaxy moving into Epcot. Yep, uh, that's across but, the uh, across on the other side of Spaceship Earth. Yeah, uh, over at the um, World of Energy. Oh, and there's a huge, huge building going up behind the World of Energy uh, to contain the new roller coaster. Yeah, and I think there's some new resort space. I think it just came out. A couple weeks ago that they just bought some new land somewhere i think there's gonna be some new resort space oh i forgot i probably should have put that on the list too but yeah they just bought a bunch of acres yeah uh, nearby there's, there there's a lot of construction you know every time that you know i've had the opportunity to visit orlando this year it just seems like there's a flurry of construction all over the resort Yep, and even one of my professors is down there right now sent me some construction from around Tomorrowland, which I suspect is the Tron coaster. Yeah. Can't see a lot of details. <laughs> it was like, here, Jeremy, dirt piles, you know. <laughs> well, one thing that we're definitely able to view and see is the new gondola system that's going in. Yeah. See the towers all over the place. I wouldn't be surprised if they started stringing up cable for it by now. And of course, they've also debuted the the gondolas themselves to the public. So we've had a much better opportunity to see what those look like. But uh, yeah, that's that's definitely one project that is very visible. And, uh, you know, coincidentally, uh, I'm sure once that is up and running, people are going to have some great views over by Disney Hollywood Studios of uh, some other items going in over there, which I'm sure we'll get into later. Oh, yeah. When we come to what's coming. Uh, although, I guess you have to brave the fact that there's going to be no air conditioning on the gondolas. Yes. That's a hot topic. <laughs> wow. Hot <It> topic. <laughs> yes. No pun intended. Um, is that, that's all people were talking about with that. That there was no air. I'm sure they have a reason for that. I just don't know what it is. I'll just look at the Disney or the monorail in Disneyland. No they air on Audi? No. Wow. And you can't even put down a window on those, can you? Uh, you can slide down the window a little bit, but not far. Not enough to get enough air. Oh, no. yikes. I mean, I would assume that you just can't put an air conditioning unit on one of the, like on each individual gondola. So yeah, well, you know, I'm I'm thinking of you know those little units you can find in some apartments or whatever where it just kind of hangs onto the window. I, I I thought a small air conditioning unit on each gondola probably would have worked, but maybe they just wouldn't have had enough power. Maybe they're mm -hmm. trying to keep it low power because they want to focus on moving it, and they just want to have lights in the gondola. I don't know. I'm sure there's a reason. Yep. But, you know, it's Florida is so stuffy and humid that, wow, I hope they have it. I hope they're kind of open so you could get like some airflow through at least. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But if you need to cool off, the void brought something new into the Disney uh, resort area, not quite yes. into the parks. 
and we actually had a couple of guests on uh, a few weeks ago, well, maybe a month ago, to tell us about Secrets of the Empire, because it opened not only at Disney, but also in Las Vegas this year, and uh, apparently there's even some new experiences that are going to be on the way. Well, there's already one that's here. Oh, what's wreck it Ralph VR? Oh, that's right. They opened a wreck it Ralph this year. <laughs> Which I th- personally, I'd rather do the Star Wars. <laughs> but yeah, downtown Disney District and also on, at the Disneyland Resort. Uh, so Disney Springs and Disney, downtown Disney both have a void location. And yeah, you know, I'm kind of wondering how much because there's supposed to be even some new Star Wars. Uh, adventures like another they're working on some more. I'm wondering, you know, with the Wreck It Ralph thing, how many different kind of adventures they can come up with that you can do. All I know is Ralph breaks VR. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what he does. Uh, but he did not break Jerry Van Dyke. Jerry Van Dyke, unfortunately, was just a, a very old fella, uh, and he passed away actually in January. Uh, you know, so almost a year ago. Uh, I, I mainly, I think I got more familiar with him on Coach than I did anything else. I think we yeah. talked about some other stuff he had been in. Oh yeah, well, one of my favorite movies is McClintock, which he oh. is. In. Yeah. Oh, I forgot he's in McClintock. That is a good one. He plays his banjo in there, and <laughs> yeah, nice little, nice little fun little role in a fun John Wayne movie. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of good men got got hurt today because you and somebody ought to hit you for it, but I won't. The heck I won't. (laughs) And uh, oh, this was this isn't necessarily big news. This is actually what I'm going to call little news. But I I, I made a note of it back in January. But they had a new baby hippo born in in the animal kingdom. Yep. Yeah. I think I mainly noted it because my wife really loves hippos. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, look, a baby hippo. Uh, I think there was quite a few babies, but I didn't listen because didn't they even they had a, a, a baby giraffe or two? I thought, yeah, yeah, baby giraffe real recently. Yeah, I think giraffes seem to breed like crazy because we got two baby giraffes here at the Kansas City Zoo as well this year. And I, I recall I posted a story somewhere on our page about something being born at Animal Kingdom. It was probably a giraffe. <laughs> it probably was. Giraffes breed like rabbits. <laughs> well, hey, at least, uh, you know, they're a fun sight to see at Jumbo House. I don't know if I've been inside the Jumbo House. Oh, that's at uh, that's the Animal Kingdom Lodge. Oh, yes. I would. I, that's my goal. I got to stay there sometime because my wife would love it to go out there because I hear you get the infrared or not infrared, but the night vision goggles and you can watch the giraffes come feeding at night oh my gosh my wife would just be in paradise she would never leave the hotel though to go to the park she would just watch the stuff all day <laughs> oh and it doesn't help that time got... <laughs> well it doesn't help they've got their own little viewing area out there on the other side of the hotel as well so Oh, here's here's some stuff that was rough. They've and this it's shocking of all shocks in February, the uh, price of annual passes went up. And not uh, a little bit. Uh, yeah, quite a bit there. And uh, I, this was about the time I think you were thinking that you weren't going to renew your annual pass anymore. You just it was just getting ridiculous. Yep, yep. Um, you know, with with all the times that we've been to Disneyland, you know, we just couldn't help but feel like we really weren't getting a good 
uh, return on the money that we were paying for the annual passes. So uh, we've taken the year off. Um, but because of that, we were able to go to Disney World. Uh, we've had an opportunity to go around, see a few things, go to a few different places, which has been good for us. But, uh, you know, this isn't the last that we're going to be seeing any changes to annual passports. Uh, these are definitely going to be, uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see what happens between now and uh, the opening of uh galaxy's edge you know even just recently in the news we've been hearing about people who are losing their passes because they have been going into the parks and purchasing uh items and then going and turning around and selling those items on ebay yeah uh, and uh, disney has said that that's a violation of the terms and conditions of the annual pass um you know people who are on these monthly plans are still required to pay for the remainder of their pass as well even if it's been taken away from them Ooh, that's that's rough. Yeah. You can't have a pass, but you better pay for it. Mm -hmm. And I bet they got enough contractual stuff written and documented to where you can't fight it either. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Don't mess with Disney. <laughs> they'll, they'll get you. Uh, next thing I have on the list. Actually, it says Star Wars. The last Jedi was given an award for best film for adults. And uh, let's see, what was the, uh, this was a whole new type of award. I don't think I'd ever heard of it before. It was some sort of grown-ups award thing. Uh, la, 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 la. Yeah, yeah, it was an it was the AARP magazine, 17th annual award show. <laughs> and they, the, the, the last shot I topped to get out, Lady Bird in the Shape of Water, and three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri, uh, to be the de best movie for an adult to come and watch. Huh. So, you know, despite... on the... Uh... You know, unhappy um, non-adults who have been crying about it. Yeah, and even some adults that have been unhappy with it. And there are some definite, uh, you know, feasible criticisms I can understand. And it, it turned into a kerfuffle because I don't think the criticism was handled very well. And some fans are so passionate, I don't know that they necessarily behaved all as well as they should have. Because, of course, they're passionate. They love this. Right. So, you know, sometimes the most vocal people who are raising a bunch of a, a hissy fit are really because they're just that much of a fan that they can't stand to have things not perfect. But of course, they also sometimes you get it because of the way you want it and it doesn't get the way you wanted it. You got something different than what you really wanted. And so it's hard to please every fan. And But when they are unhappy about something, they get so passionate and so vocal because they love it that much. So, Yeah. <laughs> I think I got a little cyclical, but y'all know what I was talking about. <laughs> so, uh, ooh, the next thing though I've got on uh, February 16th was the release of Black Panther, mm -hmm. and uh, it got more buzz than uh, than it would have normally because it was a quote unquote cultural phenomenon. Uh, really, it was a, just a darn good Marvel movie, and it, it really wasn't any better than any other. And it wasn't even the best Marvel movie of the year, but it was just a darn good movie, and I really enjoyed it. Uh, but I, it got an extra push because that's the way the culture's been working lately. Uh, and so it got a lot more attention than I think it would have maybe on its own. Uh, but it's still a great movie. Yeah. It was probably, well, it wasn't my favorite movie this year, but it was definitely well, well done. Mm-hmm. And gave a very interesting villain. Uh, you, you understood his motivations. You kind of had a little bit of a bit of an understanding. He was just also kind of a jerk. Uh, but I, I did like that they took a look at, you know, if, if you hold on to all that bitterness and anger, 
what you could become. You, and you it's the difference between holding on bitter, bitterness or holding on to hope that things can be better. And I was getting to see that that nice dichotomy. I think was that was part of the strength of the movie. That's why I really thought it was interesting as Billy, because you had you had the hope of Wakanda and versus the anger and bitterness of uh, Killmonger, and how the hope needed to be spread over to you know the other people. So, right. Excuse me, and I'm burping. Pardon me. Oof. I came prepared for this for long haul, so I have myself a glass of Sprite and a small jug of what I call diluted eggnog because it's probably about uh, maybe a quarter full from eggnog and the rest is just milk, and then I, I shake it up, and so it, I don't get as much sugar that way, and I still get to have my eggnog. Plus, I can I can make a big jug of eggnog last for a long time because I diluted in milk. So, diabetic eggnog, man. I get, I get it for a long time, and I'm glad, too, because I went to the store today. I couldn't find any eggnog anymore at all. So I'm like, no, it's already over. So I was like, come on, we're not even in January yet. <laughs> Speaking of food, <laughs> McDonald's yes, actually started yes. working with Disney again. And uh, I think the first toys that I remember seeing was those Incredibles 2's toys, which I went and I, I think I got most of them. Or they're, mm-hmm. they're somewhere behind me. I collected some of these things because they were neat. I think I, I didn't, they, they had like two different Jack-Jack toys, I think, but I didn't get both of them. Didn't you all collect those? No. Uh, my- my kids got a few of them. This year. So I the know one that, the kids uh, has an excuse, and I have no excuse because I'm 41 years old and I'm buying McDonald's toys. <laughs> I know we've got a uh, Dash figure, uh, which spins around and around. Uh, we also got a Violet figure where um, she's in a ball. Yep. You can toss her. And I'm trying to remember if we got any others, and it's not coming to my mind that we did. See, uh, well, there's a Mr. Incredible that mine doesn't work so well. His He's got, supposed to have a snapback fist, and he punches a part of a rock in half. And then Mrs. Incredible, what did Mrs. Incredible do? I, oh, I think I had two different ones. There's an Elastigirl on a motorcycle that kind of stretches. Mm-hmm. They can stretch her apart. And there's a there's also a Mrs. Incredible version of Elastigirl that she's just in there. She's just a little posable. Uh, and yeah, I have got Dash. That, yeah, he's on the spinning yep. thing. And then, oh, look, I have a, a Frozone that I think is a pullback. Yeah, he's a pullback wheeled thing, and so he can zip across the floor. And then I think I have a Jack-Jack that he's he kind of does a hover trick, <laughs> but I can't find where I've got him back there. Uh, but yeah, I, I collected most of those. I didn't need multiple Jack-Jacks, although Jack-Jack really stole that movie. <laughs> more to Which, come on that. Yeah, more to come on that. We haven't gotten there. But uh, I, since then, let's. Uh, they did have the... Uh, Although this was more of a Sony thing, but they did have some toys out for um, uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, mm-hmm. which I guess might have been part of the agreement with Disney, but probably not necessarily because that was, you know, with Sony releasing that. Uh, but I think, we, didn't we have some other Disney toys this year? Or was that the only ones? The Incredibles? Uh, Wreck-It Ralph toys. Oh, there were some Wreck-It Ralph toys. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't collect any of those. Uh, I, I, they were little cars, and I thought, well, those are kind of neat, but I would rather have little figures than little cars. Yeah, we've, we've got a few of those around the house. Uh, all right, but the next thing on here, Benoit and Weiss working on Star Wars film series. Now, these are the two guys behind Game of Thrones, right? That's right. That's right. And uh, we know that they are working on a new series of films. Uh, I think for some time we thought that they were actually working on a TV series, but uh, it's since been confirmed that, yes, it is actually a new series of films, much like Ryan Johnson is working on a series of films as well. Uh, and uh, last I heard, both of those series are still uh, going on. We don't know anything more about those. Right. 
I'm sure Jeff has some opinions if he was here because I he's not thrilled with Ryan Johnson. <laughs> he would. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're moving on to March. We saw the release of Going Outside Disney, Ready Player One. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I dug that movie. It, it, I don't know if it's, well, you know, in some ways it's better than the book, but it also is missing a lot of the, the details of the, of the book. But it was just fun and a little bit quicker and easy to follow. Mm-hmm. I, I know a lot of the diehards of the book were a little disappointed, but some other ones just that, that just loved the book just thought this was fun as well. And it was just a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I read uh, and saw the movie, and I mean, yes, there was a lot of stuff missing, but it still, I think, met the goal of kind of, of just you know depicting the book. So yeah, I, I, yeah, and Ernie Klein was one of the screenwriters, so mm-hmm. you know the changes were something that he had to have agreed to, uh, and that I'm sure that he worked to you know make sure that uh, they stayed as true as they could to the characters and the plot uh, because yeah. of it. The heart and soul of the of the book was still there. The only part that was that, that you know they I felt like they tried to rush the love story just a bit, and it, it kind of fell flat. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's a major moment in the book when he, he tells her that he loves her, and she's like, "You don't really even know me." They've been dating or whatever for a while, and then the movie it felt like they just had to get to that point just to get it out of the way. Yeah, and the ending felt a, a lot rushed to me as well. Yeah, the, the but it was still fun. But uh, was it just me, or was that I the only person that didn't realize that was Simon Pegg in the movie? You didn't realize that was well. They did have him as a robot, so they they hit him pretty well. <clears throat> so I knew he was supposed to be in there, and I think well, you did get to see a younger version of him, and then he, yeah. he played the older version later. But uh, yeah, I think it was a bit of a surprise that he was the robot because he didn't quite sound like himself. <laughs> so yeah, it was. I think it was a bit of a surprise for a lot of us. Oh, but here's where everything went crazy. Uh, well, this, I think, happened throughout the year up to this point. But uh, I guess well, as around March is when the Walt Disney World changes were completed in Pirates of the Caribbean. And suddenly we have Red, the uh, the We Want Rum pirate. Yeah. yeah. I don't want to dwell on that. I was, uh well, you know, it has been announced that uh, we know that there's a new Pirates of the Caribbean movie on its way. Yeah. Uh, and it's not going to include Jack Sparrow, but it looks like it's going to surround this character of Red. Well, of course it is. <sighs> but, you know, having having you know grown up with Disneyland's uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, you know, the auction scene is something that it's always been a part of the ride. You know? Yeah. And when I got to go to Walt Disney World this year and we rode Pirates of the Caribbean, yeah, it was different. But, you know, just because something is different doesn't mean that it's necessarily better or worse than what had been there before. And, you know, there's a lot of things they could have done to really um, change the tone of the scene. You know, and I, I can't guess as to what their reasons were for changing it, but if they had to change it, you know, I think in the long run, this is still uh, a, a good change. Maybe not the best thing that I would have liked to have seen, but I think moving forward, especially for what they would like to do with the franchise in the future, um, you know, it's still pirates being pirates, even though they're auctioning off things that they could have just as easily picked up and uh, taken for themselves. Yeah, yeah I was always a bit tongue in cheek and everything, and even kind of the goofiness of the women seemed to be kind of willing to be auctioned, and it was, 
Oh, in no. goodness sakes. I'm but it was just the one woman that was willing to be auctioned. Well, yeah, she was showing off a leg area. Well, but, you know, if you consider the uh, the uh, the woman who's on the block is kind of like showing and, you know, smiling and stuff, you know, you have at least two kind of showing off. Really. So, yeah, I don't, you know, know. It was, uh, some people get offended by things I'm like, oh, yeah, because I was going to ride Pirates of the Caribbean and be inspired to go and kidnap women and then... Uh, I mean, heck, the song even says kidnap and ravage and don't give a hoot. I mean, you're going to have to change that lyric because that sounds like they're uh, serial rapists because, you know, they're pirates. So I guess we better change the song, too. But OK, I could go on a rant. I'm not going <laughs> to. They're loved by their mommies and dads. Yeah. But oh, my gosh, they're, they're pirates. You're not supposed to be encouraged to be like them. Anyways, uh, David Ogden Steers died this mm-hmm. year, uh, and he's got a couple of, at least maybe three different roles, because of course, Cogsworth. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I believe he had a role in Treasure Planet as well, didn't he? Oh, golly. Mm-hmm. I, I don't remember Treasure Planet, but I know that in Hunchback in Notre Dame, he was yep. uh, the priest at the church. And then, of course, he had a huge role in Bocahannas as uh, Governor Ratcliffe. Yep, yep, yep. So maybe he's been forged stuff because I'm thinking he was in Treasure Planet as some sort of a smaller role. Uh, I might get that. Might be wrong about that, but you know, I still love him best as Cogsworth. Yeah, yeah. Flowers, chocolates, promises <laughs> don't <laughs> Which apparently he came up with on his own. Yes. So yes. he was a very funny guy, even back on Mash. Yes. Mm-hmm. I didn't watch a whole lot of MASH, but I remember him on there and he was pretty funny and he was good at being very uppity and uptight. So, oh, like- and here was something that was fun. The Disney Hometown Museum opened up year round. They're no longer seasonal, awesome. uh, which uh, I, so far I'm the only one who I of us that I know of that has been there. Have you been up there yet, Amy? No, um, we're hoping to get up there probably. I don't know when, but um, maybe more towards this summer I'm... well let me give you a nudge in the right direction and say you want to go late September for this thing called Tune Fest okay <laughs> if you have not heard me talk about it on the podcast before <laughs> Tune Fest is when you go because that's when you get a parade that marches one way down Main Street and then turns around and marches the other way down Main Street and all these cartoonists come in and give symposiums and it's just fun <laughs> So well, then much easier for us to do than getting to either of the parks. So oh, yeah, you go more than once, I'm hoping, because, um, you know, we can drive up there and drive back in a day. So, yeah, oh, it would what? take you a day, too, because it's going to be at least uh, probably a seven hour drive for y'all or, or at least six hours. It takes me, I think, two hours to get there from Kansas City. And y'all are, y'all are probably about, well, I guess, three hours from Kansas City. So you probably get up there in about five hours. Yeah, I think we checked and it was like maybe four and a half, depending on how, which way we go, if we go around Kansas City and kind of avoid that. It'll depend. Yeah, because you could head straight up 13 and get mostly there. Yeah. And go through Warrensburg. So yeah, that's that's definitely a good possibility for y'all. I highly recommend it. You might just happen to spot me wandering around and maybe Eric will get out there this time. I'm hoping to, you know, and and while Toonfest is great, I'm glad to see that uh, they've actually been hosting more people throughout the year. Uh, oh, yeah. Floyd Norman there. Uh, we've had um, uh, Jeff Curdy there, as well as, uh, oh, no, uh, Dr. Barnes. Jeff Barnes. Yeah, we just well, missed each other, too. Yeah. Uh, and also, um, uh, Ken, what's his last name? Uh, Walt Disney World Ambassador. Uh, he's, he's ending his time. Uh, I've got his business card. 
I need to get a hold of him and see if he's allowed to talk about his experience now. Because uh, they were, they were, they kept him on a leash. That he was sent to go do different things as Walt Disney World ambassador. You couldn't record any of his presentations. Uh, he gave he gave great presentations. I saw a couple of his presentations and stuff. Uh, but I wonder if he'd be able to come on the show now that he's done and talk about his experiences. So I will. I need to get a hold of him and see if he can come on because Ken, he was just so much fun. Uh, and I got to see him out there this year again after after I filmed the documentary with him last year. Mm-hmm. Well, and I'm sure that if he can talk, he would be there in a snap. Oh, yeah. He's. Oh, yes. <laughs> be careful. <laughs> you be careful about that snap because April 27th, Thanos snaps his fingers in Infinity War. And <laughs> I, I, I don't feel I so guess, good. Yeah. And I don't feel so good, Mr. Stark. <laughs> Some people, I guess, fuss is like, oh, well, you know, they're going to come back. This meant nothing. It's like you got to get in with the moment. We know a lot of these characters are going to come back. But you got to get in with the moment and, and and well enjoy the suffering of watching these characters like vanish and be like oh man, and be excited for what's coming up next year, which we'll talk about later. But uh, how how heart wrenching was that for you, Amy? Um, I I was speechless. I kind of just sat there at the theater, just I didn't even know. I was like, I don't even know what to do right now. I'm just I was just speechless. I mean, and yes, we all know people are coming back and the mm-hmm. characters not really gone but i'm curious to see how they bring that all back so i mean that's kind of like oh my god now how are they going to get all these people back Mm -hmm. and there's a few ways they could do it but i I hope they surprise us in something really cool yeah i've uh i've uh heard some theories as well and i have a kid at work that is obsessed with the next movie and so we we talk about our ideas so I just hope that uh, we don't end up with Tony Stark dying out in space. Oh, they've actually already leaked a little something there, apparently. Uh, an accidental leak of... Uh, la, 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 like la, a, la, 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 There we go. But yeah, there's something to leak, but it's going to be cool. It's going to be cool. We know that much. So, but uh, moving on from the, and the funny thing is I, my wife, I don't think she was aware that there was two movies that they filmed back to back. I mean, we knew it was doing back to back. They've been talking about this for a long time. So I, I knew they're like, okay, this is going to take two movies to deal with this entire storyline. So like I knew at the end, it was going to have an empire strikes back ending. Excuse me. And then we were going to come back and have a boffo. And really, I think the next movie is really where they hand it off to some of the newer characters that we've been getting movies for, you know. So we have a West Coast Avengers, you know, with Ant-Man and Doctor Strange and Black Panther or something. You know, it's going to be cool. So I just see buzz them in. Buzz them in, exactly. Just open the gate. Come on, open the gate. But, uh, oh, guess what happened 20 years ago last April? We got a brand new theme park. Yeah. And it had a bunch, I, and it's not a zoo. Not a zoo. Not a zoo. Animal Kingdom. Although that was like the coolest zoo with rides I've ever seen in my life when I was there. I was like, this is better than a zoo. This is so cool. But Animal Kingdom had a 20th anniversary, and I think they had a big event for it, didn't they? Of some sort? They did. In fact, it, it was exactly a week after I had been there. <laughs> so they, they had nothing up there for the 20th as uh, we went in. But when we went back two weeks later, just to drive around and go pick up a banshee they had all of the signage up for the 20th anniversary and well heck they've had some even big changes uh well i guess it mainly happened last year with uh, the pandora opening but uh you know 
I think there's some other new things coming in there as well. I mean, they've shut down the Rafikis, and uh, so I think there's a lot more surprises coming with Animal Kingdom to make sure that people realize, hey, this is not a half-day park. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Some well, very long wait times for some of that stuff that I've seen yeah. in, in some of my Facebook groups and things. That Because um, that was... Pandora was definitely worth it. Mm-hmm. Well, just well, wait. When that Star Wars Galaxy's Edge opens up, you'll be able to get on Pandora anytime you want. That's true. <laughs> yeah. Well, the truth is, you know, um, every other park is getting some big uh, new attraction within the next couple of years, except for Animal Kingdom. So uh, we'll have to wait and see what they've got going on. Oh, yeah. I'm sure they got some surprises. They, they, they've had their big thing. Yeah. You know? So they, that was a pretty big expansion. So, but something else happened outside of the world of Disney, but we have to bring it up because he is the original superhero. Dun, 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 dun. 1,000 comics. Action Comics number 1,000, and I picked up a copy of it, and until I was kind of ran broke again, I was actually talking about getting interested in reading some Superman, because, because Superman, that's why. You don't need a reason, it's Superman. <laughs> but it's Bendis. But it's Superman. And it's Bendis writing Superman, and he's. I I was getting into it too because uh, they were doing a thing where the the Earth had been sucked into the uh, the negative zone. Phantom zone. The Phantom zone. Yeah, that's what I meant. <laughs> and they even introduced uh, some warlord character that had actually been the reason that Krypton was destroyed, and he was making his way to Earth to destroy it, and that's why Earth was in the Phantom zone, and Superman was going to have to deal with that. And I was like, oh man, this is going to be good. And then I didn't have money to buy comics anymore. Well, let's just say in the last couple of issues, they brought in General Zod. Oh man! <laughs> I need to go and figure out where I left off. Plus, we had some new writers on a new a new launch of Amazing Spider-Man at about that time, and I was loving that. Then I ran out of money, and I haven't been able to buy anything for a while. <laughs> well, I, I got, you know, while, while we're on this little segue, I gotta say I really like what they've been doing uh, currently with Spider-Man with uh, Nick Spencer, who that's I the guy. Really didn't like uh, his Secret Empire storyline, but. He's doing some fantastic stuff uh, with Spider-Man. Uh, just before him, we had, uh, I think, Jim Zub, or maybe someone else. Ah, I can't remember now. But, uh, you know, I like what they've been doing with the relationship between Peter Parker and J. Jonah Jameson. Yes, his secret so And yeah. J. Jonah Jameson has been nothing except completely defensive and doing all that he can to support Spider-Man. And it, let's just say the Parker luck has been <laughs> working overtime yeah. because of that. Yeah, Jonah's still, taking him on like a mentor, like, I'm going to make you into a real hero. <laughs> but still, um, you know, there's been some fantastic uh, uh, things happening with uh, Peter and Mary Jane's relationship. Um, hey. And, uh, you yeah, know, it, it's, a, it's a great opportunity. Uh, my friend Adrian got to meet uh, the current artist uh, who's doing uh, amazing right now, uh, Ryan Otley. Um, just it, it's going really well. Yeah, I've been really liking Ryan Otley's art, too. I need to figure out where I left off, and I need to jump back on, because I was digging it. I loved it. I, I felt like I got the Amazing Spider-Man, like, Straczynski level. Back when mm-hmm. I, the last time I really loved what was going on with Amazing Spider-Man was back when J. Michael Straczynski was writing it back in the early 2000s. was just great. I mean, there's been some other good stuff since then, but, I mean, I, I boy, he was just like a high point there for a while. And well, it felt like they were getting back in that vein. This was just getting amazing. I remember. <laughs> fun. One more day was still part of Michael J. Straczynski's run. Uh, 
that was kind of running to the end. <laughs> they were yeah. another writers coming in. That was the beginning of Dance Lot and yeah. all that. And he really liked to mix things up. So we'll move along to something else depressing. Chuck McCann passed away. Known as comedian, but also, my goodness, I mean, he, I think he was pretty much all the Beagle Boys on DuckTales. I think, you know, hey. I guess. I mean, he Brian was just so versatile. Well, yeah, Brian Cummings was in as a Beagle Boy, wasn't he? But I think Chuck yep. McCann was like two of them. Yeah, uh, he was Burger, and I don't think I think Big Time was uh, was somebody else. Uh, that I was think the Big one that Time was, was Brian Cummings. Yeah, but see, because there, there's Burger, and then what was the other guy? Big Time Burger, and I always forget the third one. I can't remember. And, you know, Brian Cummings, I'm friends with him on Facebook. We need to see if he'll come on the show and talk about being on DuckTales. And I think he's done a bazillion other things as well. Oh, yeah. Oh, so yeah. that's oh, I got a know, list of people I mean to have on. <laughs> I just haven't oh, done it yet. Well, you know, well, well, we've missed that opportunity with Chuck McCann. I'm sure Brian would yeah. be happy to do it. And, you know, if you don't know him from anything else, uh, you'll definitely remember him from all of those uh, 90s and early 2000s videos. Now... Are coming soon to theaters. Oh yeah, that was him. <laughs> yeah. Well, I wish we'd have gotten a chance to talk to him. Yeah. Oh, he'd have been fun, and he, I'd heard him guest on some other podcasts, and he was just such a delight. It would have been fun. And then well, another. We, actually, we've had him as a guest before. Oh, did you get a chance to talk to him at a convention? Because I know you yeah. sent some audio. Yeah, it was a couple of years ago. With Chuck McCann? Oh no, with. Uh... Brian Cummings. Brian Cummings. Yeah, because I knew you'd sent some Brian Cummings and audio. I didn't remember a Chuck McCann audio. So, yeah, I'm still talking to Chuck McCann. But, yeah, Brian Cummings, I think, yeah, you talked to him. You've also talked to somebody else that would be fun to have back on the show for a bit longer. Tad Stones, was it? Oh, no, yeah. we, had, we had Tad Stones on, I think. We talked to him, didn't we, already? Yeah. Or did, did. No, or did you just send it in audio? Oh, no, no, no. We talked with him. Did we talk to him? I, I, I can't remember everybody. We've talked to <laughs> We've got to talk to some really cool people. We need to talk to more cool people. Because that's that's why I, I don't do this show for you. I do it because I get to talk to cool people. <laughs> no, I'm totally kidding. <laughs> well, I'm afraid we do have one other uh, piece of sad news. Uh, yeah, in May. And uh, that was the passing of Margot Kidder, who was a little slain for many of us. Yeah. And I even recently um, I was watching a Saturday morning rewind uh, remembrance type of video, and I, I did not realize that she was the like the mentor character on Captain Planet. Mm. Don't know what her name was. I didn't watch Captain Planet. <laughs> it was too much of a Voltron ripoff, in my opinion, and I didn't want a big environmental preachy cartoon every Saturday morning. I was not into that. Uh, Margot Kidder, uh, yeah, uh, there's some other stuff she did, but I, I'm always going to remember she was my Lois Lane. Mm-hmm. And I learned when you're looking for pictures to put under the cover, you got to be careful where you look for those pictures because she did a, a smother work. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I stumbled on some stuff like, oh, okay, well, yeah, yeah, okay, that's, you yeah, know, okay. Uh, adult situations then. Uh, yeah, yeah, there's definitely some photos that she had done that were, I guess, uh, <clears throat> quote unquote, artistic. So, yeah. So be careful about letting your kids just search for her with blindly if they want to know who she was. But anyways, something else came to an end, and I still haven't got to watch it. So, uh, But Star Wars Rebels had its finale. Yeah. And yeah. I, I, I've i been trying to catch up on Big Bang Theory. I need to go back there. I think I'm still like a season and a half out from the finale of Star Wars Rebels. <laughs> you, it's you all on my DVR. 
you ought to catch up. They it, it had a wonderful resolution to it. Um, has left plenty of questions for you know the future because I know that they are going to go back and revisit these characters. In fact, we're we're already seeing you know that there's a possibility that one of the characters might be appearing in the Mandalorian. Um, there's uh, you know certainly some post. Uh, Return of the Jedi opportunities to tell some stories here about these characters and uh, with the addition of uh, Thrawn to the series it made a, a huge difference and really gave uh, made Thrawn the, the ultimate enemy of, uh, of the Phoenix uh, team so uh, again uh, I'm looking forward I want to see uh, you know what's on the horizon where are we going to see these characters pop up again next because it, it was a very satisfying conclusion, but it also left just the right number of questions and the right amount of desire to see more. Well, I guess that summed that up. Yeah. <laughs> Next thing happened in May. Oh, and I get to tell my wacky story of going to see Solo and somebody pulling the fire alarm halfway through it. So I had a whole half hour waiting around outside the theater to find out that somebody had falsely pulled it going back inside the theater then waiting another 20 minutes while they let everybody go and buy some fresh popcorn or get new drinks and go to the bathroom again and then they had backed the movie up about 20 minutes so my you know two hour whatever viewing turned into like a three hour viewing <laughs> and I still enjoyed it doggone it <laughs> and my wife finally got the chance to watch it and she liked it too Solo is a good movie that nobody gave much of a chance to yeah, I think uh, Solo had all of the elements that the people who were upset with The Last Jedi would have enjoyed had they watched it. Yeah. Amy's got nothing to add to that, so I guess. All right. I haven't seen it. I haven't you seen it yet. I have not. Um, I, well, you know, I was, this year has been really busy with finishing up my master's and doing my field experience and all that stuff, so I am way behind. See, that's why I didn't finish Rebels, because I was trying to work on my bachelor's. So <laughs> I missed out a lot of TV. My DVR is loaded. So apparently I'm the person that's had all of the free time on their hands. Yeah. <laughs> well, even being a dad, you managed to find because because you can sit with your kids and watch this together. So it helps. Or play Spider-Man. But... <laughs> or play Spider-Man. Well, that came later. So, yes. yes. <laughs> So, all right, June. Speaking of Spider-Man, Steve Ditko passed away in June, the artist who really designed the look of Spider-Man and gave him that creepy look in those first issues. Granted, the very first the cover was a Jack Kirby cover, but on the inside, Steve Ditko, I mean, and he did stuff with Doctor Strange. He could make anything look mysterious and creepy, and he did some really neat stuff on those early Spider-Man comics. Uh, so Amazing Fantasy 15, and then when Spider-Man got his own book, Steve Ditko was the artist working with Stan Lee to create Spider-Man and bring it to us. <laughs> Excuse me, and I'm, burp I, I'm drinking Sprite here, folks. Uh, and so I thank Steve Ditko for his contributions to a lot of characters. Uh, he he definitely I'm I'm glad he was getting credit for the for what his he had done, mm -hmm. and people remember that. And boy, and to have him die, and then we'll get to what happened a few months later. That's uh wow, well, that was a that was a head rush. Yeah. Well, speaking of superheroes, though, and I'm sure that there uh, had to have been some Ditko influence in some way with the Incredibles. Do, 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 do. June 15th, Incredibles 2. We waited a long time for this movie, and I was thoroughly happy with it. I haven't gotten to, I, I bought a, a, the, the Blu-ray, and I got the digital. I haven't gotten to sit down and watch it since I bought it. I need to oh, sit down and watch it. 
I need to watch it again. It's uh, I did get the I made sure I had to watch the uh, the Auntie Edna short there. <laughs> <laughs> I had to watch it. I went, and it would and it did not disappoint either. That was so much fun. <laughs> I'm waiting for Amy to throw something in there, or yeah, are you getting... seen it? I'm I'm that far behind. Wow! Oh my goodness! I, I can't tell you anything. I don't want to spoil anything, but it was just so much fun. It was, it's a great movie. I really did like it, and uh, you know, maybe we'll get a third one. You know, if you've got more ideas. Okay. Uh, although this one, in a lot of ways, was a, just kind of reversed a lot of the things in the first one. Did it kind of a different way. But it was still so much fun, and it was still a delight, and I had a great time. And Jack-Jack stole the movie, big time. Hi, the Underminer is still out there. That's right. He did kind of get away, didn't he? Hmm. So we'll see. Well, they just got to keep bringing him back every time because it's got um, um, the actor, the guy. that I can't think of. Oh, John Ratzenberger. John Ratzenberger, because you have to bring him back somehow every time, so... Yeah, but uh, then, of course, speaking of Pixar stuff, June 30th, Toy Story Land opened in Walt Disney World. And I think it was around about the same time Pixar Pier opened over in Disney's California Adventure. That's right. A double dose of Pixar on both coasts. And I want to see it all. <laughs> and the Incredicoaster, although I've heard some criticism on the Incredicoaster that it's they maybe uh, made the ride. It's a little rougher than it was. So they, they maybe didn't, you know, I uh, I think it was on uh, Grant Pachoco's, uh, oh, um, what's he call it? Attraction checklist that they did a ride. And they actually preferred uh, the California Screamin' over the Incredicoaster. But, I, you know, I've never ridden California Screamin', so I would just be happy to go and ride it. But uh, they did kind of mention it felt like the ride was a little rougher with some of the new cars or something like that. It felt kind of rough. I don't know. Yeah, and I... I've ridden California Screaming, but I didn't ride the Incredicoaster when we were out there, so. I don't know. Find a wait. Well, the ride that I hear is a lot of fun, though, is uh, Slinky Dog Dash. Oh, I want to ride that so bad. That looks like so much fun. Plus, I love Slinky Dog <laughs> because it's earnest. I mean, well, I mean, not technically anymore, oh, but. It was earnest. It still is. You know, and, and you know, I mean. Technically, yeah, I know he only got to do up through Toy Story 2, but, you know, they, they, the what little bit they give him to do, it still seems to capture that spirit of uh, that Jim Varney gave the character. And especially in the second one, he was even greater, you know. <laughs> Who's behind? Mine. Mine. So, <laughs> I love Slinky Dog. So but You know, you can't have something open at Disneyland without something closing. Oh, my so, goodness. Right around the same time, we had the closure of several, uh, I can't quite group them into a single category, but several different storefronts, restaurants, and uh, uh, places closed. Now, we did talk about this at the time. Disney had released plans to build a brand new resort uh, yep. in the footprint of the Disneyland Hotel, but that meant that it would require the removal of the AMC theaters, the uh, ESPN zone, uh, the Rainforest Cafe, and one of my favorite spots at uh, Disneyland, Earl of Sandwich. Which, and now, didn't, when they when the plans fell through with this new resort, didn't they try to bring some sort of version of Earl of Sandwich back or something? Yeah, they basically reopened it. Yeah. There, there had been nothing done. So I wonder if they're just going to reopen everything until they figure out something. <laughs> well, I know that Rainforest Cafe has been looking uh, at the facility a second time, 
but all of the animatronics and all of the features that made it a rainforest cafe were removed from uh. the interior. So, you know, that's that's a cost they're going to have to think about. Uh, AMC has taken over some theater space at the Garden Walk in Anaheim, which is about a mile and a half away from the park. Um, ESPN Zone uh, has been closed, and I believe that there's absolutely no interest in reopening it as an ESPN zone. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Uh, I think the only other thing that has opened up recently is Starbucks over in that area. And in the meantime, they have been bringing in food trucks uh, in the evenings to uh, kind of give a, a little bit of life and variety to the area. Hmm. Well, we'll see what happens, I guess, as that moves along. All right. But we're, well, look, we made it to the halfway point. It's July. The Clone Wars final season got announced, and we all went, buga ga Yeah. <laughs> more Clone Wars! More Clone Wars! And Ahsoka is back for, to kind of wrap up her story before getting into what's happening in, with the, the, the book that I haven't finished reading yet. I'm finally going to... I need to... I'm, a lot of books I need to sit reading, but I got sidetracked because I, uh, I also got myself a copy of The Crimes of Grindelwald script. Uh, so I started reading that, and so I'm going to read that. Then I need to finish reading The Last Jedi novelization. Then I'll go back to that Ahsoka book. And then I got like three biographies of Walt Disney, and I got two Jeff Marks books to finish. <laughs> and then I saw those W.R. Miller books that I want to get. So, yeah, sidetracked. Books, books, and I actually might have some time to read some books now yeah. that aren't yeah. textbooks. <laughs> But, you know, this is a great thing. How many people have a chance to go back and finish something that they weren't able to complete? I'm trying to think of some good examples. Well, Richard Donner got to kind of recut together Superman 2, but uh, he didn't get to go and refilm anything. And it wasn't, you know, as good as it could have been. Yeah, but but it's still pretty neat. Yeah, but this this gives Dave Filoni a chance to go back, complete the story that they were telling. Yeah. and we're going to see it on the new Disney Plus service when it uh, comes in 2019. Woohoo! Which was something we'll be talking about later, of course. Mm-hmm. But following that, July 6th, Ant-Man and the Wasp. And I actually have heard some people who, who didn't like it. I thought it was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it myself. It takes I've heard two. a lot of criticism. It takes two to take it out of sight. <laughs> and I bet Amy didn't get to see that one. No. Nope. Okay. No, I'm so behind. <laughs> but I thought it was a lot of fun, and it you know it does do some, show something at the end of it answers the question of where was Ant Man when Thanos went, uh, and you get to see some results of what happens there because it does you do see that event happen, and so it's kind of almost a little bit surprising that you see him there at the gate because I I want to know how he got back from where he was at the end of the movie because he had nobody to help bring him back. So, oh yes, there was some definite serious experiment at the end of that thing, and he got himself subatomic again, we'll just say that, and he's got nobody that knows he's subatomic because some other people just went up in smoke uh, that were keeping an eye on that experiment, so... Well, <laughs> you know, maybe he got buzzed out. <laughs> but, well, literally, you know, well, except for he's too small, it's subatomic, you know, what's going to buzz him out unless he can grow himself a little, but... Yeah, he managed to come back from being some atomic once, but uh, we'll see. I mean, you know, he, he's got to figure it out somehow on his own. So, yeah, we'll look forward to that one. That's something still coming. <laughs> now, one thing, it seems like it's been going on forever oh. and ever and ever. 
But it was on July 27th that the shareholders approved the merger of Disney and Fox. And they're still working out some details and, you know, trying to get all the fine print kind of worked out and, you know, dealing with all those subsidiaries and all this stuff and subsidiaries. That's the word. And and all of the regulatory aspects go along with it as well. But But, uh, I I think I mentioned it in one of my uh, messages to you, Jeremy, having been through a couple of different mergers, um, this is moving about uh, as quickly as any merger would go. So, you know, it does take time for these things to happen and to complete. But, uh, you know, we've been talking about it for so long. You know, it was actually in July when it became official. And my major hope for this is now Disney will own all of the release rights for the original Star Wars trilogy. I would like to see them release the original Star Wars trilogy on digital and Blu-ray. Does Disney like to make money? Yes, they do. (laughs) <laughs> so and that's why people have told me, oh, they'll never do that. I'm like, I'm, I'm sorry. Do you not know Disney and their their love of money? I was like, they'll do it because we'll buy it. Well, but then again, Disney owns something called Song of the South. Yeah, but they're afraid it won't make that money. Except for overseas, they'll release it over there to, to make money. They're just afraid here in the United States that people would be all offended. I guess they're more afraid I, people would fall asleep. I, I like Song of the South. I thought it was fun. It was very good, and uh, I, I, I want to take the side with Floyd Norman. Uh, I was actually just re-watching again. I love that documentary, Walt Disney, The Man, The Myth, The Legend, or whatever that's on Netflix. If you haven't seen it, go watch it. But even Floyd Norman you know, goes on and says, you know, as much as I respect Spike Lee as a filmmaker, Walt Disney was not a racist. So, And this is from Floyd Norman, you know, the first African-American animator who didn't realize he was the first African-American animator until somebody told him he was because he was just an animator. I love that guy. But, you know, see, Song of the South, actually a pretty good movie. And But you know what? If you end up watching it and you feel like offended, then fine. Leave it alone for the rest of us to watch. So, and that's my my point on that one. It's, I thought it was, it's delightful. It has some fun stories and some good lessons. And guess what? Who's teaching you lessons? A highly respected black man who teaches everybody, and that guy should have got an Oscar. And Walt did push for him to get an Oscar, and he got an honorary Oscar. I can't think of the actor's name. But that actor, man, he he only not only Uncle Remus, but he voiced all the animated characters on there, and he did a fine job. So, yep. And moving right along to August then, I guess, before I go off on another rant. <laughs> Stop me before I rant again. Do-da, do-da. Disney Aspire College Program all the live long day. Hey! I remember talking about this, but I don't remember the details. Yeah, basically, uh, Disney is working to uh, help support um, their employees as they're going to school, and uh, it's a tuition assistance program uh, to help uh, ensure that they are getting the education that they desire and that they need, and to help them move up uh, within the company or outside if need be. Yeah, and uh, that reminds me, didn't they start some new STEM type of programming, even at Epcot? They had like a, a thing over the summer, they had a big STEM thing. Yep, I, I believe they did. You know, that's uh, geared more towards the guests, but this is certainly something that, uh, you know, that they've uh, implemented for the use of their cast members. Yeah. Uh, and I think they even did some sort of special thing with uh, some STEM program where they brought some students into the parks and did some special things, some programs. They had like like they had a show that was going to go on temporarily at Epcot. It was kind of a fun thing, but I remember there was like some awards that they, they got in behind some special students that were doing some really great uh, projects and stuff like that. But I don't remember the details of that, but I remember that happened this year. So yeah, Disney's been doing a lot of really neat stuff with, uh, you know, inspiring young minds and the great new developers. So they're going to create new things. But I guess we're ready to move on. Amy, did you at least see Christopher Robin? No, I did oh, not. Oh, goodness. 
<laughs> Bring your tissues and, and watch it. My goodness, I loved this movie. Um, Jeff really loved it. He got to see it. So I'm sure we will get it and watch it. Yeah, I, I, I need to definitely buy myself a copy because it was it, it was so great. It, it touches all those right childhood buttons and just mm-hmm. tickles the funny bone and then starts to tear jerk because you you understand Christopher Robin, you know, the, all the pressures of being an adult and and you know getting getting back in touch with some of his childhood though it's it's really something it's it's some good lessons with us and for me the guy though who really doesn't grow up i was like totally relating on and uh boy i got into it and there's even one point that uh who basically asked christopher robin if he's outgrown him too or you know or leaving things behind is like did i get left behind too and i was like oh 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 you're like okay keep it together keep it together oh such a great movie I just got a little sweaty with respect, I, I have mm-hmm. to say. Oh, yeah. That was, oh, it was so good. But, you know, there there is a bit of our childhood that is coming back. Well, more of like our teenagehood. Yeah, it's true, true. So we're that old. <laughs> <laughs> but just make it so. Yes, Jean-Luc Picard is coming back. Patrick Stewart is returning to his role uh, with one of uh, the with a new Star Trek series that's going to be on CBS All Access alongside Discovery. We don't know much more beyond that, but we do know that it's going to include Jean-Luc Picard. Now, let's hope that it includes uh, Commander Riker and Jordi LaForge and Worf and all of the others would be great to see. But uh, still, it's interesting that they're going back and looking at their history and uh, seeing what they can do with uh, the next next generation. Well, I'm calling on a crossover because as Philip and I did determine Luke Skywalker, why he disappeared, he got beamed up to the Enterprise. So that's probably right where you're going to see Jean-Luc Picard is with Luke Skywalker. And that's finally going to happen. You know, as, as great of a theory <laughs> as that is, I'm afraid that Star Wars happened in a galaxy uh, a long time ago. And far, and far, far away. But well, yeah. Whereas uh, Star Trek is uh, in the in the future, and while I know that time travel can and does exist in Star Trek, yes, they could go back and do it, and they can end up know, completely lost out in a foreign galaxy. You need to watch the end of Rebels because uh, there's some interesting revelations at the end of Rebels that could tie into the Last Jedi. Well, because Captain Kirk showed up. <laughs> <laughs> and neither has William Shatner. Well, either. Darn it. <laughs> All right, so moving along, I guess we're in September. Yeah, and there's a little indie game that came out in September. Yeah, it's a little there? independent game from some little company called Insomniac. And there's this guy, you, you, he throws webs out of his hands and he cl- climbs up the webs like a, like a spider. Guy with eight hands, huh? Sounds hot. Um, yes, I'm going from the movie. A <laughs> Papanoi web! Fly! Shazam! Okay, <laughs> but Spider-Man came out on the PS4, and I actually found a fun little detail just by accident, because I was curious, because like, you know, this Spider-Man's voice sounded a little familiar to me. So I was looking up to see who his voice was, and he did a great job of Spider-Man, but, and I don't know if he did any of the other Disney Infinity games, but he is the voice of the Disney Infinity 3 toy box. Yeah, I believe he is the voice for all three games. I think he was, and... I need I, if I figure out some representation, I would love to have him on the show because Disney Infinity and Spider-Man and he's doing a great job. It would be fun. So let me try my contacts. 
Yeah, Yuri Lowenthal. I'm a, I'm gonna see because I you know I've got a website of where all these uh, their agent is for a lot of voice talent, and uh, I'm I'm hoping this year I get a chance to go ahead and make contact with somebody there to figure out you know who we can have come on to promote different things. Uh, we'd love to talk to him because I he was a great Spider Man and I loved him in the Disney Infinity games. So Yuri Lowenthal, a open invitation if he happens to listen to our show, you know you come on here because we want to talk to you because you are a great Spider Man. And I mean, really, it released in September, but I've had months of enjoyment of playing this game. And in fact, I've now now that I've finally I've hundred percented all the downloadable content, and I've got every costume and everything. I'm like, I'm supposed to go and maybe go back to play some Kingdom Hearts again. So maybe I finish that one. But you know what? I'm starting another new game plus, and I'm going to play through this thing again. I can't help it. I want to play some more. Are you going to play Ultimate Mode? Well, I already went through on Ultimate oh. once. I don't have to do it. Now I can just do it just for enjoyment. You couldn't have gone through Ultimate once because it didn't come out until the new game plus uh, downloadable content. I know, but but I've I've did the ultimate when it when it came. Well, I haven't done the downloadable content on Ultimate because there was no achievement for doing it. But I did do the Ultimate uh, difficulty on New Game Plus and already beat that. Oh, okay. and I got that achievement. I can New Game Plus and go through it casually. I don't have to achieve anything. I can just sit back and enjoy the ride now. I don't have to strive for anything. I don't have to challenge myself. I can just enjoy the story and dance to your phone music. (laughs) So I can just go and enjoy the story and enjoy the web sling and enjoy beating the daylights out of the bad guys and maybe go after and grab a screwball and get her locked in the back of a police car. By the way, did you see the selfie I took? I posted yeah, it. Yeah, it looked an awful lot like my selfie. Oh, I didn't. You did it too. I because I saw you put a picture of her in the police car, but I was like, dude, she's an internet thing. I'm gonna go take a selfie with it with her. Like, haha, you're in a police car. Although I think I think she deserves worse than that because technically she's a terrorist. Because during that last little chase with it, she's gotten this party of all of her followers on the rooftop, and guess what? She's put bombs up there with all those people. That's a terrorist. She's gonna, is about to commit mass murder. Lock her up, throw away the key, or put her on the execution block, something. She deserves it. She's earned it. She attempted mass murder, terrorist style, with a bomb. So She deserves it just for that last chase. Oh, yeah. Which was frustrating as heck. I, I'm not even going to say how many t- attempts I took at that before <laughs> I got it right. Uh, I was kind of impressed, and I've got video up on YouTube. The uh, last challenge I did, I did a combat challenge on rooftops, and I actually hit the gold level of that somehow. I was impressed myself, so I posted that up along with the apprehension of Screwball, which is so very satisfying because I even was talking to people at UCM about how frustrating I was, it was going through some of those Screwball challenges because that got harder. And I don't even like the character in the comics because she's so annoying because she gets away with stuff and she does horrible things and gets away with stuff. And I'm like, oh, man, she just needs to get nailed and hung by her toes. And she did. She kind of got hung by one leg up from whatever thing and webbed by something. I'm like, good job, Spidey. Leave her out there for the police, hanging by, dangling by one ankle. I loved it. I, I do have to admit that as frustrating as those challenges were, I learned from them and I had improved my gameplay. So that's true. That's that. I got a lot better using those gadgets. I haven't got very far in that game yet. So, how far has Jeff gotten? Um, less. I think he's gotten less done than I have. Oh but wow. I'm- <laughs> I'm not sure, because um, we kind of we started playing it, and then we found a few other things that we were playing and stuff. So, 
Yeah, I didn't get sidetracked from Spider-Man. I, you know, unless I just ran out of things to do, then I was like, well, let me play something else for a little bit, and I'll come back when the next DLC is. But now I, I've got everything, and I'm just gonna. I think I'm gonna play through it again. Third time's the fun. Uh, well, I'm gonna, I don't remember if we've ever exchanged all of our PlayStation information. We'll have to make sure we do that. Yeah. So. All right, but moving on to the next thing, and this is, you know, some of this, this is half rumor, but I I think there actually has been some official announcements, but I don't think there's been anything directly from Disney or Marvel saying that this is happening, but we we have enough stuff saying that this is happening. But two different series we're expecting is a a Loki and a Scarlet Witch series. Now, I think I've heard more about Loki than I have Scarlet Witch, which Loki would be the one that's almost like, you know, Spoiler, I guess he's not dead because <laughs> he's supposed well, to have been dead. So that really takes away from some of the, uh, uh, the his 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 death in uh, Infinity War. Uh, I mean, it could be a prequel. That's true. He could be a prequel. So we'll see. But if you're going to prequel Loki, you'd, you'd probably want to see him running around with some of the other characters from Asgard. Uh, and I don't know if they got Chris Hemsworth coming in on that to show up or not. I don't know. I don't know. Hey, maybe but, they could get Zachary Levi. Yes, they. I bet they could. You know, he he'd probably have a great time be able to bring his character back. Cause I was kind of upset they killed off his character too. So yeah, you know, I would like to see them him running around with some of their Asgardian friends would be kind of fun. You know, and then Scarlet Witch. I'm not sure what all they could do with that, but I would really like to see them expand on Scarlet Witch's powers to where she's not just a telekinetic. You know, mm-hmm. she's much more powerful as a mutant uh, in the comics, and so I'd like to see them experiment and show how powerful she could really be. So, again, and Vision, I hope he's back. And if they have Vision in the series with her, it'll be awesome. Yeah. I like she, Vision. She's my she's my favorite, so I'm looking forward to that one. Yeah, that could be very, very cool. So I hope it is happening. I haven't heard any word on any filming or anything, but this is floating around that this is happening for Disney+, Plus, which we'll talk about Disney+, Plus later. But something else happened in September, somewhere I never got Stark to go. Stark Industries moved in. Yeah, Bugs Land closed and Stark Industries took over the space. And I guess they had to re-shrink everything because everything got a little overgrown in Bugs Land, I saw. <laughs> Small <laughs> things ended up really big, so uh, PIM particles might have been at work. Mm-hmm. Possibly, possibly. <clears throat> so we're expecting, and I guess this was also part of, uh, we shared a little bit a while ago about this, you know, Avengers Initiative kind of thing they're running even all across the global areas of all these fun new kind of Marvel related things popping up in parks around, Disney parks around the world. Uh, so there's lots of new fun and character meets and new rides. Um, we don't even know what all is going to happen in this new Marvel land that they're building, but it's going to be awesome. And... I, I figure if they if they time this right, you know, let Star Wars have some time to really, you know, eat up some stuff. And when Star Wars starts to slow down, Marvel will open up and everybody will be coming rushing back to Disneyland for that. Yep. So, and I'm not, I'm not sure what all Marvel they can really integrate into Walt Disney World other than what they have. But I bet they can sneak some other characters in that are not part of that Universal contract. So we'll see what happens with that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Maybe Disney plus, will just buy Universal. <laughs> well, you know, plus they've got all of their international parks. We're certainly seeing yeah. a lot of uh, Marvel open up there because I know that uh, there's the uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp ride that yeah. if it just opened, it, it it's about to open if it hasn't already. Plus, there's an Iron Man experience. Yeah. Um, so we know that, uh, you know, uh, definitely in the, the two Asian parks, they're, they're getting their Marvel on right now. Yeah, they're just making a reason for me to become a world traveler. <laughs> we 
Well, yeah, one day when I have money and I'm not looking at $9 an hour to work aboard at a radio station, because this is just the beginning. This is just the beginning. So. No comment. Yeah, this is just the beginning. I will, I will be, I'll become legendary one of these days, I tell you. I just need so. to pay taxes, so. Oh, yeah. Wee-hoo! <laughs> taxes. Uh, yeah, uh, I, 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 I've eaten that bullet already this year. Oh, no, I'm, I'm, talking, I'm talking international airline taxes. Oh, because you're at an airline, yeah, you're going to use some of your connections, get your passport all worked up, and yeah, and then get some tax return money in so you can afford your ticket. I see what you're there doing. There we go. There we go. Uh-huh, yeah, I would do that if I could. I can't yet, but I will. Uh, there, I'm just meeting a little bit of resistance, you know, that happened in October. Star Wars resistance. And I watched one episode. That's as far as I've gotten. Anybody watched any more than one episode of that? I've watched most of the episodes, but I haven't seen all of them just yet. Uh, the series did start out very, um, in a way that would really appeal to kids. You know, yeah, much it's, like it's Rebels. very kids. Yeah, much like Rebels began. Um, but uh, you can start to see the, the overall story that they're trying to tell come through about, uh, you know, what really is this base? What are they trying to do with it? And uh, what is the connection of the person that runs this base to the First Order? And, you know, does he want the First Order there? Does he not want it there? Um, with the uh, inclusion of this new uh, young character as a spy working on behalf of uh, Poe and the Resistance, you know, we get to see this, uh, you know, watch as the First Order is starting to take their first steps in taking over the galaxy. Of course, this is set uh, in the months leading up to The Force Awakens, so we're seeing a lot of uh, the rise of the First Order and what kind of a threat they actually can possess. Yeah, and I figure, you know, this being a Filoni series, it won't really hit a stride until that second season, and it'll just take off. So, yeah, I'm giving it time, and the first episode was was pretty good. Uh, so it didn't it didn't get me sucked into where I was like I oh, oh I, I gotta make sure I don't miss the second one. It was just kind of like oh okay well I'll watch this one. So <laughs> I, I've got a bunch is, on the DVR to watch. And the studio that's producing the animation is the same one that brought us uh, Tron Resistance. Mm-hmm. Which I watched a few episodes of that one. The, the animation was kind of choppy. I couldn't get into the animation, but it was an interesting story. Yeah. So I wish I'd have gotten a chance to watch the whole thing. But, you know, Disney Plus, I think, we might have it as a possibility. And maybe they'll go ahead and make some more of that series. That would as, be awesome. As long as they don't show it at midnight. Yeah. Show it. Well, if it's on a streaming service, we can watch it anytime I want to. Exactly. So, And I think if Disney notices, you know, if they put it on there and a bunch of people suddenly go start watching it, they might say, hey, maybe we should go ahead and make that second season. So that's what I'm hoping for. Did you happen to watch Resistance, Amy? Nope. Oh, okay. Well, then we'll just move on. A bit of an announcement, and Nick Nolte will be making an appearance in this, this series. The Mandalorian. We're getting some new characters, a new Mandalorian who, uh, from what I'm a little bit I understand, I was when I was on Wookie Radio, this might be a series about uh, trying to bring the Mandalorians back from obscurity because they really kind of got scattered. We see even Clone Wars, so I'm like, they're just kind of decimated. But mm -hmm. like a, a return of the Mandalorian way, you know, the warriors that they were, uh, that might be what the saga of this series could be, which sounds really, really cool. And we know that it is set about three years after Return of the Jedi. Yeah. 
So we're, we're picking up right there at that and trying to fill in some of the gaps between uh, Return of the Jedi and The Force Awakens. So it'll be really interesting to see what happens. Uh, they've added some pretty interesting new technology on set so that they can see CGI renderings in real time. Neat. And they've uh, this has been connected with some of the Mandalorian helmets that they have. One of the helmets that they've had on set has a very unique shape to it. And there's a possibility that one of our rebels could be part of this show. Could be. We've only seen an animated form, so it'll be interesting. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. Maybe you can even get the voice actors to come and play the character in person. Possibly. She wants to. That'd be awesome. So we'll see. But uh, that's neat because uh, we're going to have various different directors. Even John Favreau's doing a couple episodes. Uh, and oh, who uh, Ron Howard's daughter. Um, she was going to direct an episode, I believe. Yeah, Bryce Dallas Howard. Bryce yeah. Dallas Howard. Yeah. So you know, Taika like Waititi Wait- Wait- as well. Oh, yeah. And didn't he do uh, uh, Ragnarok, didn't he? Yeah. 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 So a lot of good talent going there. I wouldn't mind if if, uh, if Bryce Dallas Howard's father, Ron Howard, came along and made a couple episodes because I like what he does with Lucasfilm properties. Hey, I'd like to see a little bit more uh, actual films from him as well, starring a, a certain young uh, swashbuckler. Yes, indeedy. Or scoundrel. Yeah. Or, you know, pirate, you know, smuggler. Cowboy, you know, I mean, he kind of runs around in a Western. I expect the Mandalorian will feel a little bit like a space Western because I think we're going to get also a little bit into that uh, that underground. Yeah, the underworld. Uh, yeah, this is going to be so cool. I'm, I'm excited for this. This will be awesome. So, uh, but then, oh boy, I see the next thing on our list here November. Uh, we were talking about Steve Ditko earlier, but November was also the death of Stan Lee. Uh, this guy built my childhood next to everything Disney had done, really. <laughs> we'll, just, we'll just put it like that. My childhood, my middle school, my high school. Uh, it was him, George Lucas, and Walt Disney. Yeah, that one. It was rough. Yeah. Well, because we're all rendered silence by that, I'm going to move on to that. Strangely, even I've in the got same one week. Thing. I've okay, got one, one thing to say. One thing. Enough Excelsior. said. Enough said. Yeah. <laughs> but in that very same week, Roy Clark died, which maybe he wasn't as big of a name to some people. But I mean, I grew up watching Hee Haw and he was on The Muppet Show. And he was just such a talent, you know, and I'm, I'm not a country boy by anything. But boy, he could could he ever pick a banjo? And he did have a Disney connection uh, with an appearance on Disneyland's 30th anniversary special. Yes, he did. I mean, Roy Clark, he was just a legendary and always wore that smile, always genuine. And, uh, you know, he was just a great talent and a delightful guy. But now I, I really I'm going to wreck it. Break Twice. it. <laughs> you can break it. Yeah, because the Internet got broke with Wreck-It Ralph, too. And I'm of one of those ones that was I'm just a little I mean, I still had fun with it, but I was a little disappointed. And I, I'm hearing a lot of the people who really weren't. And so maybe I was alone in that. But I had some legitimate criticisms of that film. Uh, and I had a long list of legitimate criticisms, but I still enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. not as much as I expected I would have. Wait, uh, you, they're, they're, you're saying that people can uh, actively not uh, fully enjoy something yet still appreciate the experience? Exactly. Because <laughs> I had some criticisms, but you know what? I did have some fun. So, overall, I'd say, you know, it's uh, it's enjoyable, and I think I'd watch it again. Mm-hmm. 
but I'm probably going to still favor the first one over the second one. But, you know, the sequel's never quite as good. Thank you, Kermit. Right, right. <laughs> but I although mean, I, I liked that uh, sequel, Up is Most Wanted was fun, too. So despite well, its problems. Hey, you know, we had to we, we got it while we were waiting for Toy Story 4. Exactly. Which is coming, which we'll talk about that later. <laughs> <laughs> and I did oh, see oh. Wreck-It Ralph. So you did see you breaking the internet. I did. We did go see breaking the internet. So, um, I mean, Jeff thought that was his favorite movie of the year. So really, see, I, I'm, I know it must have been it was so odd that I had so many criticisms about it. Yeah, but, I mean, I, I, I love both of them. So it was, I loved it. Okay, <laughs> I loved the first one and I liked the second one. We'll call it we'll call it fair on that. And then Mickey had his 90th birthday in November, and not only Mickey, but Minnie Mouse. Yes. And I did I did actually see it Target, and I, maybe I should have went ahead and picked it up. But with all these, if Target had all these miniature uh, Mickey Mouse figures of all his different styles throughout the years. There was a set of Minnie Mouse. There was about it was for like nine dollars. I think there was nine different little figures, and they had all these different styles of Minnie. Uh, throughout the years, uh, so I, I think I might go have to get it because you know it's it's Minnie's 90th birthday. But I mean that that month was just full of all kinds of fun and all the kinds of neat toys. And of course, I got some of those neat toys. And Time Magazine had their 90 years thing, and then of course Disney released their 90 years thing. And And there's even some special Hallmark ornaments that I still want to try to get one. Philip got one and it is really cool. And unfortunately, there was also a special which was, hey, take a look at all these music acts. Like, yeah. This is about Mickey. Um, yeah, okay. Look at these music acts. But they did release that really cool DVD Blu-ray there uh, with about, I was like 13, 15 different Mickey Mouse cartoons. Mm-hmm. Which it was missing some of the ones that, that I because it didn't have Lonesome Ghosts on there, and there's some other ones I would have liked, but maybe if that has sold well enough, they'll maybe release a few other editions. Uh, I would just like them to re-release uh, Mickey Mouse in Black and White, uh, Volume One again. Yeah, and then release that that color one too. Just re-release all those Mickey Mouse cartoons, mm-hmm. and then start doing the Donald Ducks and all the Goofies. Oh yes, let's hope they show up on Disney Plus. Oh, yes. I would sit there all flipping day and just watch cartoons, man. Right? All day. <laughs> Whoops. Was I supposed to go to work? I'm sorry. I was watching Donald Duck <laughs> trying to make those waffles, you know. Well, if we haven't talked about Star Wars enough. <laughs> Can you ever talk about Star Wars enough? Well, one more thing for 2018. And that was the announcement of the Cassian Andor series based upon the character from Rogue One. The series we didn't know we wanted, but once they announced it, we said, yes, please. All I ask for is just more K2SO. Yes, please. <laughs> uh, and plus, Diego Luna was so great. Mm-hmm. Anyway, and yeah, K2SO. Alan Tudyk, if he can sit and do a series, oh, that would oh, that'd be flipping awesome. Hey, the man can do a pretty mean chicken, so. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't know if there's anything Alan Tudyk can't do at this point. <laughs> um, he can't resurrect Wash. Oh, oh, well, they didn't make an announcement this year that they're going to have a, some sort of new Firefly series, though. So uh, I think like a prequel series or something. Okay. There, there's something going around about that. Uh, I think it's like, going to be Netflix exclusive, but there's something happening. 
as well as the Stranger Things 3 is happening now. We finally got that announcement trailer. So, you know, there's stuff coming to Netflix. That's a next year thing, and we're still wrapping up this year. Yep. Everybody go to December. Where are we going to go in December? Into the Spider-Verse on the 14th. Now, did you get to see this one, Amy? No. No. Oh, my goodness. No. This was so much fun. It was really a hoot. And I even liked that uh, on the, the downloadable content uh, that uh, after I finished everything, I got this Spider-Verse costume unlocked. And it's so delightfully colorful. It's The colors are bright and everything kind of match the style. Now, I had some criticisms on this. The style of it was kind of neat. But uh, there was times it kind of did weird things with my eyes because it felt like they were trying to do 3D colorization. But, I mean, I, I got what they were trying to do. But it was just just fun. Yeah. And some people are saying this was their favorite Spider-Man movie. And I, I don't know if I'd say that, but it was heck of a lot more fun than Homecoming was, I think. Right. I had a good old time. And he's got something going on in there. There you go. Something I thought they would only have in the movie as a joke and maybe one, one song out on a soundtrack turned out to have an entire five-song EP of Spider-Man Christmas songs. Oh, I tried to keep that as minimal as possible so we didn't have any uh, <laughs> so we don't fair have use issues. issues. <laughs> yes. Oh, my goodness. That movie was more fun than I expected it to be because I was every time I looked at it and see that choppy animation, I was like, Ugh! but after a while, you kind of get used to the choppy. But then it was jarring whenever everything smoothed out every once in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, so but all oh, that was just a lot of fun. And I look forward to watching it again because it, 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 it did get you an opportunity to just take yourself outside of your expectations of Spider-Man because you're just looking at all these alternate universes. And so you can just like, well, what if it had happened this way? And what if this, you know, you get the, you, it's basically a bunch of what if questions can get thrown in there, you know, and even even getting a, like a nod to Ben Riley. Oh, my goodness. That was so much yeah. fun. It is a lot of fun, really enjoyable, a good message behind it as well. So, you know, I, I think they did a really good job with it. Um, of course, this came from the same people who were originally going to be giving us solo. Yeah. <laughs> but then they didn't. Yep. But uh, still, very fun movie. I uh, can't recommend it enough. Um, but that's not the only movie that came out in December. Yeah, another big surprise of something that uh, I, I, I was, more was I skeptical? But Mary Poppins Returns was delightful. I mean, it was just, it had a couple of parts that were a little weird. Like, I don't understand the Mary Poppins Cabaret show was a little weird, but oh my gosh, it had all the right notes, literally. I mean, you know, musical. Uh, the, oh, it was just fun. It was just nice to have a Mary Poppins movie in theater. Now, it's not as good as the original because you're never going to top that. But it, it it followed along those lines. And I, I was skeptical as I'd been for years when we heard this was happening. I had a great time. And I need to probably get the soundtrack because I want these songs to maybe become as familiar with some of the classics. Because there's some great songs. And I really liked The Light Fantastic. I, it, that was just fun. Yeah. I have not seen it yet we plan to go see it and then um just didn't make it because with jeff's work and stuff so hopefully maybe next week we can get to go utilize the holiday new year's day just go because nobody will have to work then right i hope <laughs> um i think he does oh 
We're off. We're both off Thursday, so maybe we can go Thursday. Oh yeah, you'll love it. You'll love it. It'll. It's great. Such and I love the costumes when they go into the cartoon world because, of course, they had to. The costumes are so neat. They just blend right into the cartoon drawing, the art style. Oh, it's just oh, just great. <laughs> it's just great. It's just a delight visually, musically, and oh, and the characters are fun. And oh yes, oh, I'm it's, so happy with that. I don't know about your theater, Jeremy, but mine, there were some ducks flying around inside of it. They were spitting in my eyes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I wasn't crying. They were spitting in my eyes. That's what was happening. Yeah. Speaking of ducks, though, I'm going to throw this in there. Did y'all get to see that Disneyland Paris commercial with the little duck who loves Donald Duck? I saw that. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. That's the cutest thing. It's like the cutest thing I've seen all year. So, he's a lot cuter than Aquaman. I mean, I know, ladies, uh, you're looking at Jason Momoa, and he's shirtless through a big chunk of that movie, but, you know, that's not why I went to Aquaman. I went to Aquaman on going outside Disney, but that was a pretty awesome movie. <laughs> Did you get a chance to see Aquaman yet, Eric? I haven't. Uh, my son and I might go see it for his birthday next week. Oh, you two will have a great time. It was so much fun, and it's it's colorful at times, it's dark at times. It's it has that epic feel of a little bit of Star Wars, a little bit of Lord of the Rings. It never feels like a superhero movie. It's just fun, and when you get that moment when you when he gets the trident in this costume that you see kind of in the trailer, it's duh, oh, it's it's so great. It even has a great release the Kraken moment, really. <laughs> <laughs> so there's another one for you, Amy. You all y'all go see. I mean, this one sits right up there with Wonder Woman as being finally, you know, some good DC movies of just realizing, hey, this is a comic book. These should be fun. They don't have to be dark and grim and Batman. So right. they can be fun and then we can have a good time and have an adventure. Oh, because Aquaman was a great release. And then the same week, Bumblebee, which we already got a review earlier. I'm going to go out and see it probably, uh, hopefully Tuesday. I, I want Bumblebee. Oh, yeah. You'll definitely want to see it. I know you can't see me at the moment, but... You might see yeah. something similar to this. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's funny that you said you can't see me because John Cena's in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> so you had to go and buy yourself a uh, a um, an, uh, Optimus Prime. Apparently, this uh, this is not a recent purchase. This is uh, older. Oh, you like your original? You used to have your old one from when you were a kid. Perhaps. Well, that's impressive. Wow. Yeah. All right, so we got a couple other things. I don't know much about this. Tropical Hideaway opened apparently this this month. Uh, yes. This, is this part of the new cruise line areas that we're going to? No. Heard, I think. Or no, this is actually um, once upon a time at Disneyland they had. Uh, um, and now I'm blanking out. They had a, a Polynesian, uh, the Tahitian Terrace. Uh, which is where they had all sorts of Polynesian um, performances. Uh, they had uh, not really a full luau, but uh, you know, South Island's type of uh, food and drinks that they would serve. Uh, about uh, 30, no, not 30 years, but about 25 years ago, they swapped out the tropical theme and turned it into Aladdin's Oasis, complete with a uh, uh, the Cave of Wonders, and it turned into an Arabian theme. But this last year, they have completely taken out all of the Aladdin elements, and they, uh, except for a tile mosaic of the carpet, ah. they have turned everything back to the uh, to a Polynesian style, and they have even included a an animatronic bird named Rosita. 
Oh. So now I know you've heard the Tiki Room before, and yep. Jose at one point says, I wonder what happened to Rosita. Wait, is that right? Yeah. Which I had heard that she's been in a bathroom, uh, one of the women's re- restrooms somewhere. They've actually had a, a Rosita there for a while. But uh, they now have a Rosita and uh, the Tropical Hideaway. And it just opened this last week. Uh, I remember them talking about the, the tearing down the Aladdin to build a thing. And uh, for some reason, I was thinking I heard something about some new destinations from the Disney Cruise Line that was lining up this year as well. I thought maybe that was one of them. I think there's a new island. I can't remember. Uh, we probably should have paid more attention to the cruise line. Uh, for this, because I know there's some new stuff that they announced some big deal things happening in the cruise line this year. Oh, well, I'm sure over at Disney Indiana, they'll know all about that because they take a lot of cruises. We need to have them on and tell us about some cruises and give us some tips if we ever want to take a cruise of what we should do. Oh, yeah. Because while you're on that cruise, you might find a pineapple under the sea. And uh, that's where you're going to find SpongeBob SquarePants, uh, because Steven Hillenberg actually passed away here just recently, just a couple weeks ago here in December. So I know he's not a Disney character, but SpongeBob has become an icon. Uh, so were you a SpongeBob fan, Amy? Um, I've seen quite a few episodes um, just because of work and the kids love it. So I've seen more episodes of SpongeBob than I thought I would. Um, <laughs> And I don't hate it, but I probably wouldn't binge watch them all on a weekend or something. But. Yeah, it, it depends upon what season you watch, because the, the early stuff was fantastic. It was clever, but somewhere along the line, I mean, SpongeBob has run a very long time, and cartoons have gotten to be more frenetic, and they feel like they have to be a gag a minute, and they don't have time to really build a joke and make it funny. Now it's just like, Holly, you're supposed to laugh at this, and... I, a lot of cartoons, this uh, this new style, are just not funny to me. And uh, a SpongeBob uh, kind of went that direction. But some of the early stuff is just, it's clever and funny. And uh, it was Steven Hilberg actually had created SpongeBob to help teach uh, marine biology in a way. And uh, there was an aquarium or whatever they had the character in. And so it's just turned into a phenomenon with at least one halfway decent movie. Uh, the other one, I've only watched a little bit, the one that has Antonio Banderas as a pilot in that movie is just terrible, what I've seen of it. Uh, but the first one, I, I it was kind of fun. Uh, I can't do repeated viewings. They show it all the time on Nickelodeon, and my wife will automatically watch. If there's nothing really to watch on TV, she'll go straight to watching SpongeBob and Nickelodeon because it's always on. So and right. I will I will frequently pull up something on YouTube instead. So we, when, when Disney Plus happens, then uh, we won't have near as much SpongeBob going on around here because I will be watching hopefully some Donald Luck cartoons or something. Uh, but we've got stuff now. We're going into 2019. We got a lot of things to look forward to. And some of this we've already mentioned. And I think Captain Marvel is going to happen first. We don't have these listed in, in uh, the order on my list, but Captain Marvel, I believe, is in March. If I remember correctly, it's March or February. I'm thinking it was March. We looked it up the other day because Jeff posted about it. Um, There's only a few months that there's not something coming out. Yeah. Oh, but I can't remember what. what Avengers is in May, and usually, you know, they'll they'll do their spring release stuff. Will usually happen like in March. Actually, Avengers got moved up to April. Oh wow! Again, I was I was gonna go. Yeah, again, I was saving that for being my birthday month movie, but that's okay. I'll go watch it in a month early. So, 
So yes, Captain Marvel, which looks looking, it's gonna be all right. I think it'll be fun. I mean, there's there's been some people a little skeptical, but you know what? I think we'll give this a fair shot. I think it's gonna be fun. I think I'm gonna like it. Well, we'll find so, out on March eighth. Yes, we will. And then Avengers Endgame. I know I'm going to enjoy that as soon as they open that gate. So and, and you know, let them in. So we got that to look forward to. And then, of course, over the summer in Disneyland, Star Wars Galaxy's Edge will open. And they're expecting, what, 200,000 people to, <laughs> to go marching in there. Yeah. Um, how they're going to make that happen with. I mean, we saw how well Toy Story Land did. So mm-hmm. I can imagine that Galaxy's Edge is going to really, really be packed. That'd be a good time to go and ride the Haunted Mansion because I bet you there'll be nobody hanging around the other parts of Disneyland. It's like, oh, well, everybody's over at Star Wars. I can go hit anything there in the rest of this park I want and probably only wait five minutes. Indiana Jones might only have a five-minute wait at that point. There you go. Uh, So, yeah, that'd be a good time to go because you can ride anything in Disneyland you want if you just avoid the Star Wars area, which you'll have to wait in two or three-hour lines. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, because they don't have the magic band fast pass system either. So they better develop something like that, though. Again, run quickly. Yeah, I mean, because and they've got it very well hidden. Um, Like you can't see much of anything in the park while you're there, just because of the way they've got everything set up. And we really tried to get some pictures, but it's so hidden. Yeah, you'd have to force jump over the wall to be able to take a look. Yeah. <laughs> and then fall in Walt Disney World, they'll get their version going, and then you can finally get over into the Pandora area because it'll clear out a little bit. So you'll finally go to get your ride, your Flights of, of Fantasy, or Flights of Fan... Flight of Passage. That's the one. Flights of Fantasy. I think that's a that was an Animal Kingdom thing, but that was birds, and that's now been taken over. That's something that happened this year. That's now been taken, up by the, uh, taken over by the Up characters this year. Great bird adventure. Yeah, I would like to check that out. I liked the show that it was before, and now it's just got characters in it. So Russell's going to take you through. So that'll still be fun. Uh, but also coming up in 2019, Star Wars Episode Nine. J.J. Abrams is back, and we'll see what he does to kind of uh, wrap this whole thing up. Yeah. And see what maybe get back onto whatever plan it was that he'd had, and you know, <laughs> well, I don't know what to expect out of this one. Well, uh, again, Last Jedi was written before The Force Awakens was released. J.J. Uh, Abrams was the producer mm-hmm. on The Last Jedi. So, you know, he still had his hand in how things uh, have been crafted up to this point. Yeah, We'll, we'll see what happens. You know, this is we, we really have no idea what to expect anymore. Uh, also, we've already mentioned several times Disney Plus will be released here in 2019. I don't know if we have a release date on that. Anybody know? No, they say sometimes towards the end of the year. Yep, it's happening. And then, of course, I believe it's going to happen next November, Toy Story 4. Mm -hmm. So I guess uh, that means after this they can make another Muppets movie? Let's hope. Yeah, I'd like some more Muppets. I've heard that there's a big Muppets announcement coming this next year. Yeah, because they did say something about trying to have a Muppets series on the Disney Plus at one point. They were talking about it. Yeah, but I, I don't know for sure if this is a new series, a new movie, uh, more live shows. You know, of course, the Muppets had their uh, live show at the Hollywood Bowl a couple of years ago. This last yeah. year, they had some shows at the O in London. So, uh, oh, yes, <laughs> complete with a uh, Doctor Who uh, Muppets from or uh, Doctor Who and Pigs in Space 
sequence. Yeah, I remember seeing that online. That was fun. <laughs> Uh, but uh, yeah, hopefully we'll get something uh, new for Muppets that's uh, beyond uh, uh, the new uh, Labyrinth or no uh, Dark Crystal series, which yeah. of course is Jim Henson Productions, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. or a new Sesame Street movie, which is also separate from the Disney-owned right uh, items. But yeah, hopefully we'll see something coming this year. Oh, but something actually that what we probably should have mentioned at the top of looking ahead, Kingdom Hearts 3 is coming out in January. Yes. Although I probably won't be buying it until later. I'll wait for maybe the price to go down because I still haven't finished the other Kingdom Hearts games. So I, I can wait. It looks <laughs> awesome, but I can wait. Let me finish the other stuff so I get caught up. I've been waiting about 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> and it does look amazing. And I'm excited to play it, but I, I, I want to play the other games first. I have a lot of other games to play. I will bide my time. <laughs> I, already, I already spent my my sixty dollars on a game this year with Spider Man. Uh, I'm 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 really gonna hold back and just I'll do my usual thing where I wait for a game to go down in price when it's around thirty dollars or something. That's when I start thinking, hmm, maybe it's time to buy it. So we wait. You know, we've got uh, we've also got Dumbo coming out next year. We've got yeah. uh, the remake Lion of the King. Lion King. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got uh, and we have the Jungle Cruise coming yeah, out with Jungle the Rock Cruise. and Emily Blunt. Yeah, I don't know any more than that, really. <laughs> it's the Jungle Cruise movie. I'm like, okay, and it's The Rock, and he's a, a he's a big money draw. So I mean, it's going to pull people in. Yeah, and hopefully, it turns out that better than most other uh, ride-based attractions are. Hi, Haley. Uh, <laughs> turned out because <laughs> you know the Honda Mansion was so-so. The Pirates of the Caribbean is hit or miss. Started, right? Yeah. So yeah. A, a ride. And then there's the Country movie. Bears. Which I thought was actually kind of fun. It wasn't a great movie, but it was kind of fun. That's got Paul Berry in it. Yes, and I actually had spotted and I took a screenshot of that and used it once for a cover. Uh, I've got an article here that I found from Fox News of all the things we're expecting to open here in 2019. And Mickey Minnie Surprise Celebration is actually going to happen, of course, in Florida. Uh, that's supposed to be mid-January 19, and that's where you can meet meet the couple on Main Street with Pluto. Uh, but also, aren't we expecting that maybe this year the uh, new Mickey Mouse ride will be opening over there in Hollywood Studios? Yes, yes. Mick, uh, Mickey's Runaway... I know it's not Runaway. Runaway Day. Railway. Yeah, Mickey Runaway Railway. Runaway Railway. And they coming. are, and they're building one in California as well. Oh, okay. Go uh, we're also going to get... Whatever Epcot Forever is, uh, although it's temporary. Uh, it's I the, think that's the yeah. I think that's what's replacing Illuminations. Later right, it replaces Illumination, uh, but it's it's temporary. And uh, in 2020, we'll get a the the whatever show is the official replacement. So Epcot Forever is a temporary replacement for Illuminations, and that will be will be going. Uh, it's going to take its final bow actually fall 2019. So that's when Epcot Forever will begin. Uh, there's going to be some new Pixar meet and greets over around Toy Story Mania's entrance, uh, including Edna Mode, Mr. Incredible, Mrs. Incredible, Frozone, and of course, uh, there's going to be some Unikberg celebrations around mid- January 2019, uh, where you're going to get to meet Mike and Sully. Uh, then, of course, the Lion King celebration uh, that's going to be out in the streets of Disney's Animal Kingdom at Walt Disney World with a Kuna Matata da- time dance party, of course, for the 25th anniversary starting early. Also, that Disney Coronado Springs Hotel expansion will be happening over by Lake Buena Vista. 
And of course, uh, there's going to be a. Uh, it's going to have like a new Grand Destino Tower. Uh, but there's also Mickey's Mix Magic, which is a new nighttime display with some lasers, projections, and all kinds of good stuff for Disneyland, starting January 18th. Uh, Mickey's also going to be appearing on his own float on the Mickey's Sensational Parade, which comes back to California. Uh, there's going to be, of course, some new things in Disney Springs, uh, a, a restaurant called Haleo with famed chef Jose Andres. Uh, and of course, uh, the City Works Eatery and Poorhouse, a lot of different stuff, and NBA experience at Disney Springs, Disney Skyliner, Skyliner, which we, we mentioned before. There's going to be some new attractions at Pixar Pier, uh, J- Jesse's Critter Carousel, and Out of the Inside Out Emotional Whirlwind, Lightning McQueen's Racing Academy, which we just spoke about a little bit ago, where you're going to have like some life size cars characters and uh, take you through some sort of film. It's going to be some fun. A wonderful world of animation is coming to Disney's Hollywood Studios, chronicling Mickey Mouse throughout the ages of uh, nearly a century. That one sounds pretty neat. That's going to be debuting in May. Disney's Riviera Resort. This is a Mediterranean-inspired Walt Disney World hotel set to open in the fall. It's also going to be part of a Disney Vacation Club uh, property. We're also expecting to see that space-themed restaurant open up in Epcot. Which was announced, boy, about two years ago we announced yeah. that. Wow. D23. Yeah, so that's about to open up. Uh, it's going to be right across from Mission Space. So a lot of new things are popping up this next year that uh, as they pop open, we'll, of course, add them on to our list of what we'll talk about a year from now when we do this again. Because <laughs> we are gluttons for torture of doing long episodes because right now we have already gone an hour and 42 minutes. We got it in under two hours. I'm impressed with this. All right. All right. Anything we want to say before we wrap this thing up? Happy New Year 2019. Yes. Happy New Year. (laughs) Thank you all for being along for the ride with us here in 2018. We look forward to having lots more fun here in 2019 on the show. Uh, we've already spoken. Uh, I've got an email address for Jim Corcus. I'm going to email him and I'm going to get him on here. Uh, we've even talked to some other fun guests we'd like to have. So well, I'm going to try to have a lot more guests this year. And even I, I like having just average Joe people, uh, some some more. I would like to get some Disney cast members on uh, people who go on trips and uh, we'll you know, just find new different kinds of fun things to do because we do talk a lot about the Disney news here. But, you know, oh, I try to make the show about more than that. You know, we don't just talk about news. We just try to have fun uh, with the show. So if you haven't ever listened and this is the first time you're watching us on, on YouTube as I'm going to upload this as soon as I hit stop or the first time you listened on the podcast just because you saw us on this list that Disney Inspired had and you're wondering well who are these people I like Neverland then well I hope you enjoyed this long 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 drawn out blah 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 blabber fest because boy was this of a blabber fest <laughs> but we just hope you come back next week and we'll just say goodbye everybody say bye 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 <laughs>
And remember to visit our website at NeverlandPodcast.com. There you can find links to our news page, our shop, our contact page, where you can easily send an email to podcast at NeverlandPodcast.com. You can also find our Neverlanders page, where you can find out how to become an official lost boy or pixie, because girls are too clever to get lost. Become a real Neverlander. Please feel free to leave us a voicemail at 816-226-6492. And be sure to follow us on Twitter at NeverlandPCast. And like our Neverland Podcast fan page on Facebook. We also have a group on Facebook for you to join. We also appreciate your support to keep the Neverland Podcast up and running. Visit Patreon.com slash Neverland Podcast to donate to Keeping the Pixie Dust Alive. Copyright content featured on the Neverland Podcast is copyright of their respective creators and used under fair use license. All original content is copyright of Blue Band Productions and a very special thanks to Yeehaw Bob Jackson at yeehawbob.com for our new ending music. God bless! Yeah! Hello everybody, this is Yeehaw Bob Jackson. Neverland Podcast, we love you. Neverland Podcast, we love you. Neverland Podcast, it's true. Neverland Podcast, we love you.